Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. It's so good to be here after a few weeks um, in Greenwich. May God bless you in Jesus' mighty name. It's so good to see our faces again. Um, and those that have not seen this year, Happy New Year. And those that have seen, I hope the year is going good for us. I wasn't just talking, I was asking the questions. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Uh, I have a very, very solemn word for us this morning. Very solemn. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will minister to us in the name of Jesus. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. We're going to stay on that scripture all through today because it's an expositional talk this morning. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. I'm so sure Marilyn is ready to read loud and clear. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home, and many were gathered together, so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them, and they came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose immediately, picked up his bed, and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning. We exalt you. We thank you, Lord, because your word gives life. Your word is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierced through our thoughts. It pierced through our souls. It pierced through, oh God, every argument. Lord, we thank you, Lord, because the entrance of your word gives light and it gives understanding unto the simple. We thank you, Lord, because you make our heart simple this morning. We thank you, Lord, because you exchange our heart of stone, oh God, for a heart of flesh, oh Lord. We thank you, Lord, because your word, oh God, we permit, we penetrate, and fulfill the purpose for which you send in this morning. <clears throat> Father, Lord, I lift myself unto you. I ask in the name of Jesus, O God, speak through me indeed. Let it not be words of mine. Let it not be words of my intellect. Let it not be based on my knowledge or abilities, O God, but Lord, let it be based on your power. Let it be based on your spirit in the name of Jesus. Help me to speak as the oracle this morning in the name of Jesus. Lord, one thing that we ask of, O Lord, is that we will leave this place transformed. We will leave this place renewed. In the name of Jesus, that your word will fulfill the purpose for which you send in it. In the name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Almighty Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Now, one of the things that we need to understand in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and projection will go with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 19 to 20. 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 6 from verse 19 to 20. It says, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost who is in you, whom you have received from God? It says, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God in your bodies. Is it not clear to us that our bodies are the temples of God? When somebody gives their life to Christ, that day, God takes your... The reason why God paid so much price for your body, sir, is so that you can be his temple. So that the Holy Spirit can find an expression through you. Are you with me? So that the Holy Spirit can fill you as a whole. That is the reason why we're born again. And every time we gather together as a church... Every time we gather together as a church, look at what Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. It says, you also, like living stones, are being built up a spiritual house to offer praise unto God. So, when you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit starts dwelling in you. Right? When we come together, what God expects us to do is to worship Him. Is to offer praise, is to offer sacrifices unto Him. That is the purpose of church. Look at the scripture that we read. Look at the scripture that we read. When you look at it closely, thank you so much. Thank you. It started by saying, and Jesus entered, give it to me, and Jesus entered Capernaum again. That means there was a time that he was there, then after a while he stopped being there. It says, and Jesus returned again unto Capernaum. In fact, other transition makes us realize that Jesus returned again unto his own house. This was the house of Jesus, but at some point, he left the place. This was the place that Jesus should be dwelling in, but at some point, he left. Do you know that it is possible for us to run a church that Jesus is not in? It is possible to have an encounter and an engagement with the presence of God, without an encounter with God himself. See, let me tell you the truth. The music that we play, the gathering of believers, is what occurs, is, it, it creates a presence. Every time you listen to a music in church, every time you listen to a music um, um, in your car or your house, a presence is always created. Do you agree with me? I remember back in the days when we were doing NXGen for the youth. Every time, you know, all those rap starts coming up, you just see all the children getting hyped. You know, there are some songs that you play, whether you like, no matter how born again you are, you enter into the groove for it. Isn't it? Because a presence is created. So do you know the truth? Several places that we call church can create the presence without presence of God. Are you with me? You can go to church every day if you are not offering spiritual sacrifice unto God. I'm sorry to tell you, you've not been to church. What church should be, and unfortunately, I, I, I said I'm going to put it on YouTube someday. I'm going to do a message on YouTube, cut the crap. I'm telling you the truth, because we see a lot of things, a lot of gatherings that call themselves churches that are not churches. What we do is that we create the presence and we just talk, no worship of God. No connection, no encounter, no engagement with the Spirit of God. 
because Jesus is not in the house. You are the temple of God. Do you not know it? That you are the temple of God. And the Holy Spirit is meant to dwell in you. Do you know that it is possible for you to be called a Christian and the Holy Spirit is no more there? It is possible for us to sing all this song on Sunday. You know, we can do the Christianese and everything and everything looks like, wow, I enjoyed church today. Really? You've never offered any sacrifice unto God. You've not offered any praise unto God because the one that you did, you, you actually think that you did was only because you enjoyed it. When you look closely at that scripture, Jesus Christ returned to his house and immediately it was noised about that, hey, finally Jesus has come back. See, let me tell you the truth. If truly Jesus is in your house, you must be excited to talk about Jesus. It is one of the testimonies or the, or, or the witnessing of the fact that you have to carry the Spirit of God in you. It should be with excitement that you talk about Jesus. If President Obama visits you at home, I know it's not more the president, but even if he visits you at home, you'll be so... I was looking at a picture on, that went viral about this lady that suddenly met um, Beyonce in, the, um, in, a hotel, in an hotel, in the hotel lobby that she was in. And she was like, oh, as if God was there. If God is in you, you should be excited about it. That's what happened in that scripture. Jesus Christ came back to his house and it was noised everywhere that finally Jesus has come back and everybody showed up. Bible says present in that place were tax collectors, present in that place were, were teachers of the law, every kind of persons were present in that place. Let me tell you the truth. If it was today's church, the fact that we have a lot of tax collectors in church, we'll start talking about leadership. How are they going to be better tax collectors? That's what we do in churches. But look at what Jesus Christ said. The Bible makes us realize that Jesus preached the word. The word. Enough of diluting the word of God. If we preach the word of God every day till eternity, we can never exhaust it. Why do we need uh, John Maxwell in church? Sorry, I'm not, I'm not dissing John Maxwell. But the truth is that there's a place for development in church. We can meet on Fridays. We can meet during the week to talk about that. Not on Sunday, the time of worship. The essence of church is for us to gather together and offer spiritual sacrifices unto God. Let us all lose sight of that. From that scripture, and I can give you several reasons why Jesus can leave a place. Right? But from that scripture, we talk about three and we leave it. Is that okay? Is that okay? And I pray that our lives will never remain the same. In Jesus' mighty name. Let me talk from the portion of the teachers of the law that were in that scripture. In their mind, they were like, how can this man be forgiving sin? They question God. They limit God by their questioning. Do you know that every time you rationalize the thing or rationalize the things that God can do by your reasoning, guess what you do? You have actually equated God to yourself. Because what you have done is that you have looked at God and based on what you think that is possible with man, that's what you're expecting God to be able to do. Listen, God does not need any formula. Right? If there's no land, it'll work on water. It does not need anything, no formula. It suspends laws. Laws does not, laws are for us, it's not for God. Laws are for those who live in the natural, not for the supernatural being. You can live above the natural if you choose to walk in the principles of God. 
Even magicians work on water. You cannot be second-guessing the things that God is doing. The things that God is doing in your life, you cannot be second-guessing it. Because if care is not taken, what you will do is that you will abrogate what God is doing in your life to your own ability or to somebody else's ability. Rather than actually realizing that hey, it is God that works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He's the one that gives you grace for everything that you are and everything that you will ever be. If you don't see like that, you will miss worshiping God. Your worship will just be mechanical. They couldn't contend, they couldn't, they couldn't comprehend the things that God was doing. They were the teachers of the law. They knew the Bible. They're like, come on, it's blasphemy. How can you be the one? How can you tell me that, that you are forgiving somebody, somebody's sin? They've calculated it, equated it. God is bigger than anything else. He forgives. He said he will have mercy. You see, they are teachers of the law and they didn't know that one. I said in my that it's possible. They were in the presence of God. They were in the presence of God, but yet they, don't, they didn't understand what God was doing. They were in the presence of God, but there was no relationship with Jesus. They were in the presence of God only to question what Jesus was doing. In fact, maybe they were the ones that were looking for, let us see what he's going to say today. Let us see whether he's going to preach very well. They're in the presence of God. Bible calls such people that they, they, they have the knowledge of God, but they deny the power therein. May that not be you. I said, may that not be you. Because Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. There's no way such a person is going to please God. Because the Bible says it. It is impossible to please God without faith. You need to believe. It says, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. You must believe that he is who he says he is. And you know what we have in church today? Christians that does not really believe the Bible. I'm telling you, all of us inclusive. That's why we run to pastor more when there's headache. That's why the first thing we do now is not prayers. That's why fear is everywhere. <clears throat> May God have mercy on us. The second thing from that scripture that I want to bring from that scripture was why Jesus Christ actually left that place in the first place. I will tell us. When you read chapter 1, what happened was that Jesus had just healed someone who had leprosy. And ideally, someone who has leprosy must not be in the presence of God, must not even be in the presence of people. So when Jesus Christ healed him, he told him specifically, don't tell anyone. And the man, out of excitement, went about to talk about the things that Jesus has just done for him. And Jesus Christ said, listen this one, you've just delayed the agenda of God. Let me leave this place. Every time you disobey what God wants you to do, you distort not only your own agenda, you delay your, not your only, your only your own agenda, you delay God's agenda. So because of that, Jesus had to leave town for now. There are so many things that God tells us to do. It might not actually be a sin, right? But every act of disobedience delays something. There are relationships that you are not even meant to be in that because you are in it, you have delayed destiny. There are people that you should not even do businesses with that because you've done it with them and God told you you should not do it with them, you are in debt. 
So you've delayed God's plan to even prosper your generation. Unfortunately, when God does not send you on an errand and you send yourself, you pay for it by yourself. Go and ask Noah. Ah, not Noah. Go and ask Jonah. Then you understand that if you go where God has not sent you, you have to pay by yourself. There are trips that you shouldn't have gone on that you went on and it's like you pause this in a pause. I was talking to a daughter of mine that don't you know, see this thing that we called inconsistencies. Every time you put yourself in such place, guess what you've done? You've paused it. It's like, it's like listening to or watching a movie and you press pause and you go and do whatever you like. When you come back, where will you be? The stage that you stopped. That's what disobedience does. So, Jesus Christ was in, the, was in town. He told the man, don't tell anyone what I've just done. Because you were a leper. How can I say that you're a leper and you've come, I mean, I come to myself, man of God. But no, the man, out of excitement, went ahead and broadcasted the news everywhere. Agenda of heaven stopped. There would have been people in Capernaum at that time that were meant to be healed through Jesus for that period Maybe some people even died because Jesus was not around. It's a selfish thing not to obey God. Do I get an amen? amen? It's a selfish thing not to obey God. Because when you don't obey him, it's only yourself that you are thinking about. Your own convenience. You're not thinking about your children. You're not thinking about the people around you. You're not even thinking about your church. I will call ourselves a family. I know it's Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving Day, we should talk about things that will make us dance, that we enjoy, and we go. But for if this is what God has compelled me to do, I will deliver. Is that okay? Is that okay? The last bit, which is the biggest one, that could make God leave a place, is sin. Sin is a very, very special thing. When that man, that paralytic man, that, were brought, that was brought by four friends, when he was brought... Jesus did not bother healing this guy first. He said, your sin is forgiven. Listen, it is the sin of that man that was keeping him away from church. Are you with me? Because God had already promised that I will not leave you, I will not forsake you. He says, no one who comes to me will I cast away. But guess what sin does? It keeps you away. Keeps, makes you paralyzed in life. You that you were doing very well before, then just realize that, hey, things are not going the way it used to be. Then you start having to depend on people. Sin should not be mentioned amongst us. We are the temple of God. It is one thing, right, to fall into sin. It's another thing to be living in sin. It paralyzes you. It paralyzes your church. When choir was singing earlier, um, pour your spirit upon us. What's that song that you sang? Pour out your spirit upon us. Do you know the picture that was in my head? God trying to pour his spirit upon us. And guess what? There was no vessel to pour it into. Because there's sin amongst us. There are things that we are doing that will not allow the spirit of God to dwell within us. There's no fire. It paralyzes us. It keeps us away from the presence of God. The church is going on, but in actual fact, we're not there. We're not connecting. We're not connecting with the presence because they're sin. 
And when this happens, you will always have a reason for not being in the presence of God. Have you wondered why is it struggle for you to even kneel down and pray? It's not because you are tired. It's this excuse that you are giving yourself. Because if the Spirit of God is in you, He is the one that works in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. The reason why you are struggling is not because you are tired. It's because there's no working of the Spirit inside of you. It's because there's no work. That's why Christianity becomes difficult. Because you try to work it by your own self. Like, like, like Samson did. Oh, I will do as I used to do. Nah, the Spirit is left. You start seeing excuses. Look at that paralyzed man. The man would have had excuses. Oh, uh, I can't walk. Oh, I'm on the mat. Oh, look at the church. The church is full. There's nowhere for me to go through. That's what sin does. It gives you, sin gives you excuses not to do God. It gives you excuses not to do God. At times you actually think that it's the spirit of God that's leading you. It's a lie. Holy Spirit doesn't lead you like that. Holy Spirit is forever pro-God. Anything that will suggest to you, anything that will make you leave the presence of God, anything that will paint sin for you in a different way that is different from what sin is, is of the devil. It causes paralysis. Spiritual paralysis. I said at times you feel offended by the action of someone. And that discourages you from being in the presence of God. Uh-uh. It's not what that person did that's discouraging you. Because if the Spirit of God is in you, His love is shared abroad in our hearts. But because there's no Spirit of God, offense is quick. Things that you will tolerate normally now starts becoming an issue. Somebody step on your feet. Every time I go to church, they're always stepping on my toes. It is not those things that are keeping us away. It is the sin that is keeping us away. And I pray that God is going to restore us this morning. Because when Jesus, look at it, when Jesus came into the house, there was willingness. There was attraction. Right? People started coming to church. Wow. Everywhere was filled. So the fact that, hey, we are still how we are. Sorry, we need to check ourselves, myself inclusive. So today, it's either God is lying, I am lying, or you are lying. <laughs> because they must have to be like that. Because we know that God cannot lie, so it has to be us. It has to be you and I. Because the minute Jesus Christ came back, everything was fine. Church was full, miracles was taking place, um, healing was taking place, and thank God for friends. Hey! If this morning you are living in sin, I'm not going to tell you to pray where you are. We'll pray on the altar of God. Are you with me? We'll pray in this place. Let me tell you something. Any friend that tolerates your sin, that covers your sin, right? Honestly, both of you, you are, what does Proverbs 28 verse 13 says? Whosoever covers his sin will not prosper. Are you with me? But look at those friends. They did not listen to the man's excuses. They didn't listen to the man, the fact that the man will feel oh, undignified. They took that guy. Listen, when you invite people, you invite them to church. They did not just invite him to church. They took him to Jesus. That's what he does. You are meant to, the fact that you are privy to somebody living in sin is for you to take that person to Jesus. 
not to bring the person to church. Then if you bring the person to church, they will contaminate ourselves. No, 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 no. You bring the person to Jesus, to church, and you make sure that that person accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior. When there was no way to come into the door, those guys thought about it. We're not going to leave you outside because the word of God could have made that guy outside. No way. We have to catch the attention of Jesus. The roof. We have to go through the roof. That guy would have felt, ah, what kind of trouble is this? If it is you, what would you say? If someone, you know, the minute somebody tells pastor or makes pastor aware of what you do, that person becomes your enemy. No, that one's not your friend, though. You see how Christianity has become warped. You, you see someone who will cover your secrets that kills you as your friend. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. When all of us should realize that, ah, you have this problem. If, see, if you're living in sin, it's a problem. Don't paint it. Jesus Christ called the white wool stones. You are white outside, but inside of you is dirty. Who are you deceiving? Scripture says that we should not be scared of man who all they can do is kill you in the body, in the flesh. But the one who can kill both the flesh and soul in hell, that's the one we should be scared of. That's the one we should be fearful of. So this morning, what we need to do is to do like that paralytic man that was brought to the presence of God and not just the presence of God, they ensured that he had an encounter with God. That's why we're praying on this altar today. And this place is sanctified in the name of Jesus. That God is going to hear all our heart cry. You know, the name of, there's no point offering God an offering that's not going to be accepted. There's no point coming to this place and now we are doing Thanksgiving. Which Thanksgiving are you doing? You are just dancing and spraying money. That's not Thanksgiving. An offering, an oblation that God is that's not acceptable to God. That isn't. The things that I feel that God wants to do with us this year is greater than what you can ever think or imagine. But how can we allow sin to build a wall against it? There was another song that Squire was singing. Let it rain. Guess what? I also like umbrellas. And those umbrellas, guess who was putting on the umbrellas? It wasn't like somebody put an umbrella on you. The umbrella was saying, no, 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 you were the one that was putting it. Because of the sin. But today, grace is in this place to help you. Let your story not be like that man who had an idol in his house. Right? And came to church and heard that, oh, idol worshiping is not good. And said, oh, Father, I repent. Yet you are still keeping the idol. That's not repentance. Everything that causes you to sin, you are mentioned, that is repentance. Part away with it. Scripture says, if your right hand will cause you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter heaven with one hand. There are things you cannot say that God forgive me. <laughs> you know, every time you fall into sin, you are guilt, you feel guilty. Am I right? You see, how do you know? Anyway. Every time you fall into sin, you feel guilty. So you now go to God and say, God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. You're still holding on to that thing. Say, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Because you prayed for a while, you fasted for a while, you think that God has forgiven you, right? 
because that guilt is no more there. Right? God forgives you when you repent, not when you just talk unnecessary talk. Are, are you with me? You are still holding on to the object of sin. God doesn't look towards you. That's the unfortunate thing there. Because what, what will happen is you, you're just deceiving God. Then after a while, when that guilt is now gone fully, guess what you do? You go back to that sin. That's what happens. It's called remorse. It takes people to hell. Because you feel that you're okay. Ah, I'm just falling into it. You are not falling. You are living into it. You are living in it because you're holding on to it. You don't want to let go. Why not let God take your life, please? So this morning, we don't need to close our eyes. You think you're struggling in any way. Can you join me here? I'm also going to kneel down here. Join me. Let's pray to God together. If your own life is perfect, you stay there and just pray for us. No, 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 there are people like that doesn't say, no, their life is perfect. You see, I'm not talking about people that just fall in into sin. Okay. You, it's not good, but you lied yesterday, and that's the only lie this year. Don't worry, stay where you are. You are still fine. Right? But there are some of us that is an issue, and we know. Let us not deceive ourselves. Even if you don't know, as I'm talking to you, the Holy Spirit was telling you. Isn't it? That, hey, we need to work on this. So if you are like that, if you are like me, join me. We're going to pray. If you are not like me, you stay there, stretch forth your hands and pray for us. Amen, amen, amen. How beautiful our God is. How beautiful our God is. I came out earlier and shared on, I shared a testimony of how God forgives. Imagine if for every sin that you still commit, you're meant to bring a ram to God or a cattle to God. Bernard Farms will make it serious money. Bernard Farms will be the richest person in the country. Because imagine the number of sins that you committed in the last one month. And the number of rams you would have had to kill to get one grace and one mercy. Also to come to the presence of God. But here we are that we can approach his throne of grace freely. That we can come boldly and say, Father, I need this thing. Even though you haven't forgotten what you did yesterday. At times, God has already forgiven you before you even remembered. All he's just waiting for you to do is to repent and come to him. Let's not forget that. Repentance is not living the sin. It's a 180 degrees movement. That is the sin. You're going this way. Right? If you're going 90, if you're going, it's not the same thing. It's 180 I pray for us this morning that we shall be a church that hates sin. We will love everyone, but the sin, we will hate it in the name of Jesus. Ah, we can't say amen. Lord, the love for sin, please take it away from us. In the name of Jesus.